0: And welcome to episode 40 of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust. Hope everyone's doing well. And I've got a guest with me today. Now, usually, when I tell people, especially older people, about this podcast and about the topic, which is, of course, as you all know, ladybirds a lot of people will bring up a year that has become quite famous in the history of ladybirds and that is of course the year 1976 and today on the show i've got a guest with me cj romer and cj is a survivor of the (laughs) great ladybird invasion of 1976 so hello how are you today
1: i'm okay i'm obviously old enough to remember 1976 that dates me doesn't it (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. It was it was a really hot year. It really was. Mm. It's not one mm. that I'll ever forget. Anyway.
0: <laughs> so, do you want to tell uh do you want to tell me uh, like a little bit about yourself and what you what you do?
1: Okay. Um well, I suppose I'm probably best known as a ghost hunter. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I have spent many many years um investigating Ghosts, Hauntings and Apparitions from a Scientific Psychological Viewpoint. And I'm the chairman of a group called ASAP, a research group, the Association for Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena. www.asap.ac.uk, if anyone wants to look it up. But that's not why I'm here today. I'm here to talk about ladybirds. So, how can I... What would you like to know?
0: So... Firstly, I'll probably get on to the ghost questions in a bit. Um <laughs> So firstly, um I ask everyone this who comes on the show usually. Um have you seen any ladybirds recently?
1: I have actually seen a ladybird. I'm trying to remember when I saw it. I saw one the other day. I wasn't able to count the number of spots on it because it moved too quickly. It was in flight and that was the first ladybird I have seen this year. And it was unusual because I saw it next door in Becky's house. Uh, so it was within the house. It was, I don't know if it had been there all winter. Uh, I don't know what ladybirds do in the winter. I assume they died off, but this was very much real and alive.
0: Oh, amazing.
1: Assuming it was not a ghost ladybird,
0: it could very well have been a ghost ladybird. <laughs>
1: Do they live through <laughs> the winter or do they live through the winter? I don't know. I don't know what the life cycle, of a lady, life cycle of a ladybird is, I'm afraid.
0: Um, I actually have a whole episode on what ladybirds do in winter. Um so if you listen to let me hold on. Um I will tell you the episode number. Um yes, it is, I think it was something like episode um episode 24 ladybirds in the winter and that came out on the 30th of january 2021 so if you're interested in listening to that then you can find out all about it
1: i can find out why why she found she managed to find a ladybird at the wrong time of year because i always (laughs) summer but yeah yeah Mm. it was flying around her room and she wasn't sure what to do but it was crawling on a plant so she decided she'd just leave it to carry on with its ladybird business I think Fair that's enough. Best, isn't it? If you find a bug and you're not sure what it is, yeah. what it's doing, leave it alone and assume it knows what it's doing, unless it's upside yeah. down in water, in which case clearly, mm. <laughs> poke it out quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think. Yeah, maybe like leave a li- leave a window open so it can fly out or or whatever. Yeah, because that's probably what it will want to do at some point. Yeah. So back to 1976. Um, how old were you at that time? Oh, you don't have to say exactly how old, but like
1: I will freely admit that I was six years old in 1976, so I was a small boy. And the thing about 76 is that it's hard for us to imagine mm. now, but it, it was tremendously, tremendously hot. Uh, I don't know if you have you had anyone else talk about that year. Um,
0: I haven't like had anyone talking about it in depth to me before, but I've I it's as People have like said to me, they've like talked about how hot it was. They've talked about all the ladybirds. They've talked, and it was a very. I've heard it was one of the the hottest years in the UK history. But also that the um we've had hotter years since then. But the the heat wave went on a very long time, like unusually so. Is that is that right?
1: So I mean, I was six years old. I'm trying to remember things that happened you know half my life ago more than half my well most of my life ago so and i know being a psychologist and a ghost hunter that memory and perception are incredibly dangerous and that we reconstruct memories so let's just go and be as honest as i can from what i can remember uh it was the school holidays for me would have started around about june and by the end of may the temperatures were soaring and by june we were beginning to realise that this was not an ordinary summer. And June came, and I remember playing outside. I lived on a farm at the time. And at that point, I certainly was not aware of any more Ladybirds than usual. There was a kind of beetle called the... I think they're called Cockchafer. Yes, yes, like yeah, Cockchafer. Radical feminist beetle monster. But yeah, there, there were loads of those around. They were crawling. We've got these white flowers. I thought they were Columbines, but they're not. I'm not sure what they are, but they were there were these white flowers. And I remember the cuckoo spit. Do you know what cuckoo spit is?
0: Yes, I I know what cuckoo spit is. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I remember the cuckoo spit. I haven't
0: seen any of that for a long time actually. We no. used to get it when I was a kid, we used to have um I used to find it all the time, um, because it's a bug, some sort of bug that produces it. I've not seen one in a very long time.
1: No, nor me. I mean I remember I was a kid on a bicycle riding around on a farm. And apart from the danger of being hit by a tractor, my parents pretty much left me. And there were a few other farm kids, Belinda, Malcolm and me. And, you know, we were able to go about our business and do whatever we wanted. And so Mm. I paid attention. And tragically, nobody ever taught me the names of the flowers, the Mm. wildflowers. My mother knew Mm. them all, I'm sure. And nobody ever taught me what plants were. So we used to give them our own names. The cockchafer beetle we used to refer to as cow bloodsuckers. Because we assumed they were some kind of vampiric horror, because we only ever found them on the white plants down by the cattle paddock. But there you go, yeah. <laughs> the imagination of children. <laughs> um, we used to ride up and down in the heat, and somehow I was burnt brown and red, yet, you know, I survived the whole thing. Somehow, round right about the uh, end of June, it had become so hot that the farm Mm. labourers were spending their time hiding in the barns drinking cold beer and Mm. my mother and father had put a paddling pool out for us and I still at that point don't remember any sign at all of ladybirds any more than usual there was however an influx of wasps into our house which hit a bit of a problem because my mother would kill anything that moved but my father refused to kill anything especially wasps or flies or mosquitoes he just didn't like killing things which may be disastrous when you live on a farm. Yes. Anyway, eventually what happened was um, July, mid-July, we had a drought. Mm. And there was no longer water to be had. Mm. And luckily, my house was okay because we had a well and we had a pump and we used to draw water from deep down. So we drank all the nitrates and poisoned ourselves, no doubt. But in England, just down the road, the village... There was actually water rationing. There were no hose pipes. And, you know, we get that every summer now, don't we? But there was actually a danger that the reservoirs would not have enough water for the country. Mm -hmm. And the drought, the ground had cracked through the heat. It had dried up several inches down. And the drought was tremendous. So the council stopped watering parks and things and they all went brown and all the flowers died or were, were, were being, you know... Um, burnt away and there was no rain and the drought became so bad that somewhere in the middle of july 76 the local village reopened the well
0: mm.
1: there was a deep water well and nobody had drunk water from it in over a century since the pipes had yeah. been piped in the water so suddenly we were no longer drinking water that was provided by the council we were pulling buckets of water out of wells And no one knew if it was safe to drink or not. But they bottled it and sold bottles of 1976 Ingham water. So that's the background. That's what was happening at the time. And uh, the only person who was happy was the ice cream man. Apart from the fact that, as he said, he got to sit in there. And if he opened the refrigerators, all the ice cream melted. And he ended up with a solid pool of, of, of slush at the bottom of his freezer. And if he shut the freezers, he was sitting in an ice cream van that was like an oven... And he couldn't bear to be in there. So he couldn't even make enough money to go around and sell ice creams because it was too hot. So anyway, childhood. So this
0: 1976 Ingham Water, I'm actually intrigued do you think do you think it could be like a collector's item these days i suspect
1: that i know that at the time that people had bottles of it and i suspect some of them still exist mm. and i suspect if you analyze them it probably contains heavy metals and nitrate runoff from the farm <laughs> and god knows what but you know bless us all we survived it didn't we and it was good time and mm. Mm. i probably drank in water and i'm still here I'll see if I can find a bottle on eBay, actually.
0: Yeah, but like, it, that, would be, that would be really interesting because I'll, well, like, put it on the social media and say, 1976, <laughs> Ingham water. Like, here you go. Is
1: everyone <laughs> brave enough to drink it after? <laughs> I've probably gone pretty stagnant by now. I was actually, sealed. Anyway, it came in little glass bottles. <laughs> but we also actually were using the well and we were pulling up water from the wells. Now, we always had a pump, an electric pump. But it was, I mean, it, I was in Suffolk and i think there was talk about cancelling the great agricultural show the suffolk show mm, mm. uh it was too hot and i've got a feeling that it was the year that the Wurzles got to number 1 with oh you got a brand new combine harvester <laughs> <now." laughs>
0: that definitely sounds familiar because um i mean i wasn't i was born in sort of 1988 um but i it it does it does remind me of the sort of thing that was popular that was popular in 1976 especially because of the uh, the farming the whole farming aspect of it all and the you know <laughs> yeah.
1: well we were out in the breckland and the uh, the farm laborers all drove pickup trucks uh, you know little pickup trucks or jeeps because we had a whole load that had been left by the american army after world war Two, and we were surrounded by american air bases and uh, the joke was that they played country and western and loved elvis so it was like being somewhere in the midwest <laughs> rather than being in england anyway <laughs> then we saw it july yes there was a terrifying incident i think it was late july the first i knew of it was I was always embarrassed because the newspaper that was taken by the farmhands was The Sun. Right. And The Sun in those days was notorious because page three had pictures of bare naked ladies on. It would have a woman with a big smile. It would be Cindy from Cheltenham who, you know, was 18 and loved chess or whatever. You know, <laughs> it was just... And there she would be with her um, mammary glands protruding. And because I was a shy young man and I was seven years old and I knew that it was vaguely wrong... Hmm and that this was not... And my grandmother did not approve. Mm. I would always turn straight to page four. (laughs) Uh, I would be too embarrassed to read the sun. And so when I found a copy, and I didn't... I had no prurient interest. I didn't secretly look. I just was Mm. indifferent. Mm. But me and Belinda and Malcolm, we found a copy, and it said something like, Invasion, on page four. Mm. And we looked at it. What? Anyway, it said invasion, channel migration invasion or something like that. And we thought, what's happened? Are the Germans invading? You know, we'd all heard of World War II. No. Seems that down somewhere like Eastbourne, I can't remember where it was, again, I'm going from childhood memory, but somewhere on the south coast, the beaches were packed that day and it was a lovely day when a herd of not good, honest British ladybirds, like on ladybird books, foreign, French, dodgy, Frenchy ladybirds came flying across the channel. And that's what the newspaper said. And to that, from that day onwards, I was always unsure as to whether you should talk to ladybirds in French. Because apparently, sweeping in from the sea came an infestation of millions of French ladybirds. Oh, what a ridiculous concept. You know, nowadays, I think an English ladybird and a French ladybird are probably completely identical. Yeah. But at the time, the sun was... And the sun said there were scenes of horror as people ran in terror, shielding their ice creams, and a black blizzard of insects <laughs> ended upon the beach. <laughs> and somebody's described it as being like something out of a horror film, a silent tornado.
0: Yeah, so that certainly sounds very, very like something that the sun or the a certain genre of British newspaper definitely would. I'm going
1: to have a look for it. I'm going to see if I can find it, and if I can, I, if I can find that very article, or indeed anything similar, I will. I will send it to you, and you can post it. But anyway, basically, we were sitting there in horror because it sounded like something from a horror movie, and this mm. was the time when there were horror movies like you know the frogs, the slugs, the ants. Mm. You know, horror movies like that were being made, and the ladybirds. You know. Anyway, there's nothing more, there's nothing less terrifying than a ladybird, as far as I'm concerned, than the most harmless little creatures right up until the moment they bite you.
0: So when did you start? When did you actually you personally start to notice the, the ladybirds?
1: I didn't. That was the thing. All I knew about was from the press. So I spoke to everyone else. Right. Nobody had noticed any more than usual. And then one day we were on the field at Ingham mm. and somebody noticed a ladybird walking around a stinging nettle. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it was, you know, kind of just wandering around. And there was a there was a shocked gathering because several of us had seen the newspaper and had told the others, and we all stood around. And we waited, and we waited for millions more to descend and eat us all, but they didn't. <laughs> and I think a couple of my mates, Kev, may have actually picked up a stick in case they did actually turn up. Mm. And we thought, what an anticlimax. Anyway, I asked my father, and he said there'd been a few things in the paper about lots of ladybirds, but he hadn't noticed any more than usual. And he told me they were being killed off by the farmers. Because the farmers sprayed pesticides to Mm. kill the bugs that ate the, And that killed all the birds. And because they sprayed pesticides, that was what was killing the ladybirds. Mm. Mm. So he said, we won't see millions of ladybirds, Chris, because there aren't any left. And all the birds that eat them are poisoned as well and die as well. He was a cheerful fellow, my father. (laughs) So... I thought no more about it. And by August, it was almost my birthday and I'd completely forgotten about it. Apart from the relentless heat, which led to everyone buying me ice creams all the time, which made me grow fatter and fatter and fatter, a particularly sticky, round youth I became. And then one day, I was in Bury St. Edmunds with my grandmother. And should have been probably in her 80s by that point, even. And she took me for a walk. Mm. And we went down to the Abbey Gardens, the park right and the park was rather disappointing because they hadn't got any sprinklers because the drought still hadn't broken and so the grass was yellow and the ice cream hut was probably shut by this point point. and apart from people who had gone mad with the in the sun i mean i had a friend who lay down on the roundabout We used to have a roundabout on the play area and he lay on his back and went spinning round and round and round poor who until he got sunstroke and started to shout I'm on a microwave, I'm on a microwave, but that was about 10 years later, anyway but people were doing that kind of ridiculous thing, they were sitting around it was the end of the ish era of glue sniffing, children used to sniff glue and many of them were found dead in the Abbey Gardens, so to me it was a kind of slightly scary place to go because I was always worried I might find punks actually it's too early for punks probably, but anyway I think the, sec- the Sex I
0: Pistols, I think, they were. was it 1977 that they that they got to number one? Yeah,
1: yeah. 77. My brother went to yeah. see the Sex Pistols and the Clash at a private party outside Bury St Edmunds. And my mother said, that's disgusting. I, you should wash yourself in bleach when you come in. I hear they throw dead rats off the stage. Which they didn't, but, you know, this was my mother. She didn't know a lot about these things. <laughs> anyway, we were coming out of the park. And as we came out through the gate onto Eastgate Street, which will mean nothing to you, but it's uh, yeah. it's a particular area. As they came out, uh, we walked down the road, and suddenly I saw for the first time that the sky was black. Oh. And I thought that the sky, that I thought it was smoke. And it swept down towards us. And then we looked, and the wall, the flint wall of the old medieval abbey, Nooks and crannies, there were there were ladybirds scattered around, but the really strange bit was they then landed and they didn't land very much on the vertical surfaces, which is where I normally see ladybirds climbing mm-hmm. on walls. They landed on every horizontal surface. And I swear that there were ladybirds on top of ladybirds, not because they were making ladybird babies, but because there was no room <laughs> for anyone to land. And they suddenly they carpeted the street and mm-hmm. From the gate up to um, Eastgate turn-off Mm -hmm. is probably about 50 yards. Mm -hmm. And the whole area was covered with tiny red insects. Millions of them. And they were swarming. Yeah. And there was a noise. I remember everyone said it was silent, but I remember a really kind of strange noise that reverberated in my ears. Now... Is that because I'm really imaginative, or is that because I had much better hearing as a child than the people around me? I don't know. But there were enough of them that I can believe they did. And they got on my hair, they got in my face, and my grandmother was like laughing to start with. And then when she realised she was in danger of breathing them in, she started to, I think she started to sort of say, oh, we might choke. And then I thought she might scream. But actually, she had a headscarf like women used to wear.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She
1: used to cover her hair. And she took the headscarf off and tied it like a bandit across her face. She put it over her face to stop breathing in.
0: Ladybirds.
1: Ladybirds. I mean, you know. So I just had my hand (laughs) over my face, and we stood there. And they were. um, uh, I remember the swarm. This is odd because the thing when you think of ladybirds, you think of them as being red, but in the sky when they're in flight, they appeared black.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because bo- I... their bodies are black. The wings are red, but the... Yeah.
1: Now, the problem is that I'm six years old, and so I'm probably about four foot nothing or three foot nothing. Mm, mm. So I've got no idea how high they went, but it was certainly far above my head. And I got the impression that they kind of trailed off as you got higher and higher and higher. Yeah. But that they were everywhere. And the other thing I remember, now I think about it, I'd forgotten about this, was... The birds with the uh, double strange tail—are they swifts? Swifts.
0: I think they're swallow swallows. Yeah, swallows. I think
1: swallows or swifts, yeah. one or the other, possibly both. Kept swooping down. Yeah. From the tree, and I got the impression they were eating the ladybirds. Yeah. But they might have just been buzzing down. Do, do they eat ladybirds? No idea. They anyway. they,
0: do, they. So it's complicated with birds because um birds which fly which spend a lot of time in the air like swallows and swifts which spend most of their lives um which spend most of their lives in the air will eat pretty much any flying insects um but right. many many birds so sort of like robins blue tits, and stuff won't won't eat them out of choice because um they're like they've got a bitter taste and i think if they eat them in like large quantities it can be it can be bad but um swallows and well, swifts will will eat them with no with pretty much no ill effect, as far as i know
1: yeah i mean they weren't coming down near the ground they were really high up but you saw them and i remember the tails. so and i the problem we had hmm. was my grandmother did not want to step on them
0: yeah yeah
1: because you, who wants to step on a ladybird? No.
0: no but no. there were
1: cars that were you know, massacring them, driving through it. And there were <sighs> there were cars stopped as they were flying around because they didn't know what to do and they couldn't see out the windscreen. And, you know, you couldn't drive through them. No. So the chaos potentially to developing, except in those days there wasn't a lot of traffic and the schools were closed and it was too hot for anyone to go anywhere, I suppose. Anyway, um, I... I think she had one of those old straw basket kind of things, and I remember her kind of dragging it in front of her to sweep a path. And them kind of flying off. And she was trying to clear a path for us to walk across the road. It was I don't know, I can't remember details now, it's too long ago. But mm, mm. and I don't know when they left or how they left. But the next thing I remember was that we were walking up Northgate Street mm,
0: mm.
1: and we had to kept wherever we stepped. We were walking around them, but there weren't millions of them anymore. There were just a few thousand, you know. They were like, you know, every paving slab might have three or four on, but they weren't covered in it. We got back to the house, and when we got back to the house, she said, she went outside, came back in, and indignantly said, well, I've still got greenfly. There's not a ladybird to be seen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about the green fly. Um, what, did you did you see many Did you see many of those? No, because in these sort of articles and research I've done on the 1976 sort of phenomenon, basically it said that the ladybirds came inland because there was because there'd been a huge boom in the population of green fly and they'd eaten all of it and so there's hundreds there was billions of ladybirds um i read one article which stated 23.5 billion and they all came in land and some of them came across the sea from france and um but basically they ate all of the green fly so there wasn't so they didn't have any so did you did you notice fewer green flies than usual, or more or the same?
1: No, I I don't think I'd ever paid any attention to green fly (laughs) until my grandmother complained there were a couple left on her rose bush despite the millions of ladybirds we'd seen Oh, okay What there were were an awful lot of were little tiny black flies that Dad called midges, do you know what I mean by midges? Yes, yes And apparently they bite everybody, but I've never been Mm. bitten by a midge, despite having grieved in 10 million of them, cycled through clouds of them, and there were clouds of midges it, at sunset, or just in the late afternoon, around right about five, six o'clock, as the sun stopped being at its hottest, you could look out from the house and look out to the wood near Ash Copy. It would, again, look like smoke. And what it was, was where there was still water, the midges would gather, and if you went down near the pond, there would be clouds, drifting clouds and little black flies. But they seemed to like the water for some reason. But... I don't know if fact, ladybirds eat them, and I certainly don't... Re- there was no greenfly invasion I'm aware of before. Yeah. And another thing was, because I lived in the Breck, I would often ha- have to tie a scarf across my face because the sandy soil would blow half of one parish into another. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, where I lived, I was very aware of insects mm-hmm. and plants mm-hmm. and beetles and such like, but I never saw the ladybirds at ingham i never saw i was only eight miles away at the farm from yeah i never saw them at the farm i only ever saw them in berry st edmunds and i only ever saw them on that one day
0: on the one day so one day Mm.
1: now i was in the middle of east anglia i was about 50 miles from the sea probably or 30 miles at the closest down at yarmouth Caster places like that, we heard reports of them and they were on, I think nationwide in the evening, there were stories about them in the press.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But again, this is a considerable period of time after I've first seen the story in the sun or the mirror or whichever newspaper that featured bare naked ladies that I tried not to read. It was that I first saw it. <laughs>
0: yeah. In. Bare naked ladybirds.
1: Yes. Well, they would have bothered me, but yeah. I mean, I, d- I had no idea why you weren't supposed to mm. look at bare naked Ladies, but I was six years old and I didn't. Yeah, know, but I just felt uncomfortable looking at yeah, the papers that farmer labourers read.
0: So did so did any of the ladybirds ever bite you?
1: I don't remember having been bitten by any at all during the swarming. Okay, and it was, it was a swarming phenomena
0: mm. Mm.
1: and I don't know anybody who said they were bitten. In fact, I'm not aware of anyone who said they came to any harm whatsoever. What they did do was they tended to get into any... If you had a source of water, mm, like a, mm. a drink, they would end up in it, and you had to, like, yeah. pour your drink out. Um, they crawled all over every surface, and as I said, they preferred horizontal surfaces to vertical surfaces.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, were there actually any other types of ladybugs? Because I know it was seven spots, like the red, the red ones. Were there any other species that you remember, or or not? Uh,
1: is there a five spot one? I seem to remember counting five spots.
0: Yeah, there is a five spot. That's that's quite interesting, actually, because um, they're quite rare.
1: There were five spot, but there were five spot ones. The one we saw at Ingham, I'm pretty sure, was five spot. We used to count the number of spots on them.
0: Mm, mm. Uh,
1: there were a lot of little tiny yellow ones with yeah spots.
0: 22 22 spots
1: i don't know they were they were small yeah. and yellow and everyone told me that they were poisonous and if they bit you you'd die but i never did no um there were some i thought they were kind of whitish sepial looking ones but they might be yellow spot ones that faded into sunlight who knows
0: i think that i think those yeah because i've actually the yellow ones are called 22 spots and they eat uh mildew and fungi that's really interesting. Oh,
1: okay, that's where we saw them around. The, that explains why they were around the garage, etc., mm, the barn. Mm. And the other type I remember seeing were black. And whoever was heard of a black ladybird? Her, huh? maybe they were just baby beetles. But they were there were some dark tiny beetles which used to flap around about the same time, and they would they had the same kind of basic body form as a ladybird.
0: That sounds yeah yeah. Um, there's a lo- There's actually quite a few. There's a few black black ladybirds or black forms of ladybirds right. they
1: looked like black ladybirds mm. and i remember them um i've s- seem to remember a kind of inverse ladybird that had like magenta or, or orangey spots on a black back but whether they were actually ladybirds or some other beetle i don't know because
0: they they sound they definitely sound like that because um because if you listen to my podcasts, I tell you all about the various forms of ladybirds. Um, but yeah, they they sound, sound—if they, 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 all of what you're describing, like that they are all different
1: types of ladybirds. The problem is that I'm trying to describe something that happened, you know, 20, 30, mm. uh, oh, it's 34 years ago now, isn't it? Or more, more than that? No, mm. it's way more than that. It's 24, 44 years yeah. ago. There you go. <laughs> So 40 years ago, a six-year-old child saw a strange event that affected him enough that I can recall it now, but my perception is a mixture of what actually happened and what I imagine happened as an old man thinking back on being a boy. But with that in mind, with that rather heavy caveat in mind, at least I sound like I'm making sense. And, yeah, I mean, the swarming behaviour... The thing that re- that I remember is how regional it was, how local it was to like one mm, one street mm. corner, one area, Angel Hill, Angel Hill, Berries St Edmonds, and there must be photos okay. from the time because there were, you know, there were so many of them. And mm. the other thing was, if a ladybird was going to swarm somewhere, why wouldn't it swarm where there were actually the rose garden is on the other side of the Abbey Gardens, sort of two hundred yards.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why yeah.
1: Would you? Why did they arrive on a? Stretch of tarmac, street corner, where there was not, you know, there was yeah. no plan. When they had the, the the big park, the which is kind of flower garden, on the other side of the wall, it makes no sense.
0: How do you feel about ladybirds now? Because I've heard like some people who are who lived through the whole 1976 experience now kind of feel that ladybirds are a little bit scary to them, and I just wondered like. Do, Do you feel like
1: that as well? No, seventy six did nothing to put me off ladybirds. I mean, I spent a lot of time trying to hoik them out of puddles. On I was only a little boy, and rescue them if they if I saw them in the water. You know, I spent a lot of time brushing the floor so that we didn't me and my grandmother so we didn't walk on them. When it was carpeted, we were terrified of hurting them. You know, there was although people said it was horrific, it's. It looked like the walls, it looked like the road was covered in blood, you know, it was that kind of redness, but it's not had a negative effect on me at all, and I regard ladybirds with affection. But also, there was a ladybird range of clothes for three to seven-year-olds, I think, when I was a boy. Uh, There was ladybird books, which, you know, and, you know, ladybirds have always been a positive kind of symbol for British children, haven't they?
0: They have. I I think so because I mean some people that I know kind of think like I and I've been really surprised that oh oh yeah I I was in 1976 and I'm scared of ladybirds now.
1: I was I was a bit surprised I was a bit worried after I first read the press but until I actually when I actually saw it myself I wasn't worried Um, the I mean I remember all kinds of legends about you know different colored ladybirds that were poisonous that would bite you and would you know or would, like, would go into your ears and lay eggs and eat your brain and all these other ridiculous
0: things.
1: And when we looked at the... I was looking at the newspaper clippings that I looked up, and, you know, one of the things they were frightened about was that French ladybirds might bring rabies. And I was thinking, <laughs> you know, how insane can you get? <laughs> Even at the age of seven, I don't think I would have bought that, you know. But then again... <laughs> Yeah, I like ladybirds. I've got no problem with them at all. I like any... I mean, uh, Becky often takes the mickey out of me because if I find, after the binmen have been in the summer, a Mm. maggot crawling across the road, I will take him and put him back in the bins or I will pick him up on a leaf and carry him and drop him where there's some carrion or something because, you know, I can't harm even a maggot.
0: Mm. So...
1: Well they all serve their, their purpose, don't they? Exactly. And if if it if it rains then I walk down the street and I notice there are snails in the road, mm. I go out into the road and pick them up and take them out of the road in case a car comes. Oh, you know?
0: so yeah.
1: I spend a lot of time hoiking worms into the soil again if I find one on the tarmac.
0: Yeah, me too. If I see a worm on the path and it's wriggling around, then I'll like I'll pick it up yeah. and poik it somewhere put it on the grass and stuff yeah
1: Yeah, on the grass or in the ground yeah i mean you know basically i take the attitude that i i wouldn't want to be squashed by something no 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 so yeah i i regard things with as much respect as i can and i try i try and avoid harming anything if i can do it which is it's difficult sometimes you know like when Mm. i have a particularly aggressive wasp in my bedroom (laughs) absolutely
0: yeah yeah i had a bit of an aggressive situation yesterday with a wash. Did I brat it? But,
1: <laughs> yeah. But no, I am one of those people who catches houseflies and puts them gently out of the window rather than hitting them with a newspaper like my mother. Would.
0: Yeah, yeah, same. Same. Exactly. Yeah. So I remember like, um, you know, when I was a kid back in around nineteen ninety four, there were I don't know if it's as extreme as 1976, but there were thousands of ladybirds on the on my driveway because we had quite a big garden. We had a sort of quite a big driveway going up a um, kind of a slope, and um, yeah, and I mean, and I just wondered, like, do you do you think something like that could ever happen again?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's see. Do we really know why it happened the last time? Because there were several theories, weren't there? But I think the major one was that was it a was it a dry? No, it was a wet, warm winter.
0: Yeah, followed by like a population boom in aphids. A large
1: population of aphids. Now, obviously, what what would happen nowadays is the aphid population, as my father would point out, would be chemically bombed by maniac farmers with crop <laughs> sprayers. Yeah, yeah. Would be. Annihilated by people by gardeners with you know chemicals from the garden centre. Yeah, the aphid would have less chance because we don't have the kind of wild growth. Mm. Which yeah, English English countryside is very managed, and mm. we don't tend to like having our crops destroyed by, by aphids. Greenfly. Yeah. So yeah, if if you had enough aphids, then the ladybirds would follow, wouldn't they? Exactly, and. I'm assuming that there are population limiters such as... I don't know if there are predators. Yes, of course there are. Yeah, the star yeah. Limiters, But there are also... The temperature is probably... You know, a sudden frost mm-hmm. could probably kill off some ladybirds or send them back into kind of sl- sleepy hibernation. Yeah. You sometimes find them. When I asked you last time what happens to them in the winter, I remember now that I have a few times found two or three of them together mm-hmm. in a sort of dusty cupboard... Oh, do they hibernate, or do they kind of just go and dwell in, a, in dark places in the winter?
0: Yeah, they. It depends on the species of ladybird, but they do. They do hibernate, and some of them do go into buildings, and that would also include
1: cupboards and things. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I just, as always, leave them to it. I assume that. I mean, I find it hard to be enthusiastic about chasing moths out of my cupboard on the grounds so that. If they want to eat my clothes, they just have they're just gonna end up really vulgarly dressed moths.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the, the... It's not
1: like you're gonna make much difference to the way, you know I d I don't think a few moth holes are gonna make much no. difference to my appeal at like, my age. So no. no. I think I am to put up with more.
0: I think the th- the only thing is this if the if the house is warm and they wake up during the winter and because there's no aphids and because it's warm, they think it's time to wake up. So that means they kind of like fly, they fly around or crawl around and eventually kind of wear themselves out and end up like pretty much starving.
1: Yeah. I mean, are there aphids in the winter outside? I don't know.
0: I think there are aphids, but they're also kind of tucked away somewhere. I think.
1: Right. So like <laughs> If you let them out of the window, yeah. you just have a chance of finding something. to Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know flying around, but yeah, I, mean, I, I like ladybirds. I've never had a problem with them at all. Um, I've never, yeah. I don't dwell upon them. I spend more time worrying about, you know, hornets and less time on ladybirds, really.
0: Yeah. So do you think there's anything we can learn, like, from what happened that year?
1: Yeah, we can learn that when you get plagues of insects, you know, take some photographs, get some film, <laughs> because I've not seen so far... Mm-hmm. I haven't, admittedly, I haven't searched very hard, but I haven't actually seen much footage of it, and I'd love to see it. No, no. And, you know, even the illustrations, I mean, there was one illustration in one of the papers that had something that looked like more like an earthworm with legs, wearing a Nazi helmet. And I was like, What? That's that's not a ladybird. No, no, no. It calls them, you know, it refers to them as Hitler failed to invade England, but the ladybirds have managed it. And then there's a picture of something that looks like a tortoise with, you know, it's it's bizarre, wearing a helmet with a swastika. What? What on earth is it? It's like, have you ever seen medieval drawings of cats? Yes, I have. Where they all have, like, grumpy old men and... It's clear that, that it, well, it appears to me that medieval people had never seen a cat. But it's exactly the same with our 1970s drawings of ladybirds. Back in the 1970s, it's clear that nobody really knew how to draw a ladybird. You yeah, know, well, press cuttings.
0: You see, like these old maps where people have gone to places where there are rhinos and elephants, and you see like their attempts at, at drawing these, these creatures, and it's just like. And at the end, they've just kind of like given up and written like be Dragons or or something. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) But in 1976, there were billions of Ladybirds everywhere. (laughs) Plus, Ladybird Books managed to do a pretty good version of a Ladybird on the cover. So, I, I, you know, I'm I'm surprised at how bad some of the press drawings were. It was that the press was terrible, wasn't it? I mean, it was really funny. I was, when I was reading through the the tabloids, because I looked them up after I said, as I said, and some of the stories just made me cry. Really
0: <laughs> also, I suppose the whole, um, y- you know, I mean, I think the the press seem to love a good ladybird story. There was that, you know, a few years ago, there was one about like, um, like ladybirds with with STDs.
1: <laughs> wow!
0: <laughs> and, and like all of the entomologists were like immediately pointing out, no, you cannot, you 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 cannot, you cannot get an STD from a ladybird.
1: Gonorrhea, STD, STD, ladybirds flying up. Yeah, oh no, this is just—it's just wrong. It's just—I just, just don't—I can't. Ninety-four. It was ninety-four or ninety-five that we had an exceptionally hot, dry summer yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in Cheltenham that year, and it was so hot that we actually—I was living in a 4 floor flat, and we actually put about an inch of water in a paddling pool because we didn't have a garden yeah. and sat in our living room in a paddling pool desperately hoping it wouldn't break and all the water would go, you know, into the flat below us. And it worked. It was fine. But then at the end of it, because we kept topping it up, we ended up with quite a lot of water in it. Mm. And we're sitting upstairs in the flat. I mean, it's amazing we didn't go through the floor and end up in the flat below, isn't it? And then we had to work out how to drain it. But anyway, yeah, there were a lot of butterflies that year. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so not butterflies, uh, ladybirds. There were butterflies yeah. as well, before, but ladybirds. Yeah,
0: I, I, that's but a. It, 94, I think, was like probably a. For me, that was kind of much like how people would have thought of. Some people have thought in 1976, anyway.
1: The thing was, it, it wasn't just. In 76 you saw ladybirds all the time. <laughs> they were as common as yeah you know, any other year. In the summer, you see ladybirds. If you know where to look for Yeah. But. When you actually got into 76, into the actual. It, it's it's the difference between um, 11 people playing football on a field yeah. and Wembley Stadium. You know, there's just like no comparison. A, like a funny
0: pitch, invas- pitch invasion.
1: Yeah, it's just like suddenly it goes <laughs> from one ladybird maybe every hour, you notice if you're lucky, or one ladybird a day to. And here comes six million ladybirds <laughs> sitting on my head, you know, or twelve million ladybirds coming over the hill right now. So you are
0: "Yeah, yeah." I was also, I mean, you you mentioned like this is kind of a. I hope you don't mind me asking a question that wasn't in the, the list, but I.
1: No, no, no. I feel free. I just talk nonsense.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, as you're all like a ghost hunter, um, do you think that? I mean. Do you think that there, there could ever be a way um, to communicate with a ladybird, either living or dead?
1: Um, right, okay. <laughs> the problem we have is, yeah, I mean, I think you could probably write an AI that would that would work out somehow how ladybirds communicate and that we could probably use, a, we could probably build an interface, mm, couldn't mm. we? The problem we'd have is that a ladybird's perception of the universe mm. Is almost incomprehensibly different to us. I mean, I don't know what their sensory apparatus are. Yeah. And I don't know what they care about. I don't know what I mean, I'd like to think that they are conscious and so forth and that they are, you know, they're capable of of experiencing joy mm, or mm-hmm. pleasure or but I don't know if they are or not. I mean I don't know I don't know what you can do with the number of brain cells they have.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: However, I I don't think that you could say that ladybirds were any less than us. Mm-hmm. All creatures, every creature that exists has worth and value, does it not? Yeah, exactly. And if you believe if you're religious and you believe that God created the universe, mm-hmm. then God creates every single ladybird.
0: Yeah, exactly. As any,
1: yeah. As us. I don't see any reason why Ladybirds can't possess the immortal soul, nor do I believe that the brain is necessarily the limit of consciousness. I mean, it's Mm. clear the brain is involved in consciousness.
0: Mm.
1: But then, you know, a radio set is involved in playing the top 30. Mm. Mm. But it doesn't mean that, you know, that the signal, the station, that the bands are all in that that little box.
0: Mm. Mm. Just
1: because our, our brain is involved in playing the signal that is us. Yeah. mediating that signal and if you damage the radio you stop hearing the charts and if you develop alzheimer's or a shot through the head we cease to be or we we change but Mm. that doesn't mean that we are the brain we are the radio so therefore i'm not going to say that a ladybird's conscious experience is necessarily limited by the fact that it's got a tiny little head Mm -hmm. and what the inner life of Ladybirds may be, whether they have dreams, aspirations, hopes, whether they live again or live beyond this life, whether they, why shouldn't they have an afterlife? Mm, mm. And maybe in the afterlife we, we might be able to talk to them. But yeah. people say I'm mad and a bit of a dreamer. But, you know, actually, philosophically, I don't see any reason that Ladybirds might not possess consciousness. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I would prefer not to harm one just in case
0: yeah
1: i mean you know you can imagine it can't you you die you pass into the next life you discover that actually we were a minor species and that heaven is populated largely by ladybirds
0: yeah
1: and then you meet the one that you walked that you stood on on tuesday when you were a small child and you stamped on and uh, the result is it comes out you with a oozy nine millimeter i'm joking but yeah at the end of the day you don't want to why harm you
0: no exactly exactly but yeah, could
1: you have a ghost Ladybird? Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, because a ladybird is an animal; it possesses some degree of consciousness. If you have a ghost, if you would see a ghost of a highwayman on a horse, mm. yeah, mm. then firstly, there's the highwayman. Yeah, but his horse is also there, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, uh, what about his hat? I mean, it's ridiculous to say that his hat has to possess a spirit, but his hat is still there.
0: His hat's still there. His clothes are still there. The exactly. rider at the bridle and the whatever he's walking with is still there.
1: Exactly. The, the set and setting, as Tyrrell, GNM Tyrrell, the great psychical researcher, said that mm-hmm. basically they are the set and setting for the ghost. And therefore, I mean, the only major problem with investigating ghostly ladybirds would be one of scale. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, because yeah, because you always you always hear about um, you know I think one of the sort of scientific explanations I've heard for ghosts is that you know if some if if a sort of dramatic event happened then like the energy gets left behind and. And you usually think you hear about that for like murders or or like if someone if someone yeah. died in a castle, then the ghost, then the, the energy is like said to be left behind or something. But would that also apply to a ladybird?
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced by the recording. I don't know. But I mean, is it possible that you could see a cloud of ladybirds in a replay of 76?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, you know if somebody was traumatized by that could mm. they in later mm. life while thinking about it somehow evoke the spirit so suddenly we had a ghostly plague of ladybirds it would be <laughs> it would be like the birds by alfred hitchcock but the ladybirds
0: the ladybirds <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway enough this is getting very very strange indeed but yeah. i have no problem at all with the notion that you could have a ghostly ladybird just as i have no problem with the notion that you could have a ghostly cat, a ghostly dog, a ghostly horse, or Mm. a ghostly person.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't tend to think in terms of reductionist views of recording energy patterns or anything like that. No, There is a strong correlation between human remains and apparitions for some reason. Though that would probably be controversial. And so perhaps, perhaps we do see dead ladybirds flying around us, but (laughs) how would you ever know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Unless you happen to try, you know, kill it again. It would just <laughs>
0: probably be even probably be even worse if you tried to kill it again.
1: What would be even worse of course would be undead ladybirds.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm kidding, Lady <laughs> of They're black with silver spots. Uh. (laughs) turn into a bat or a cloud of mist and fly around your bedroom no no this is ridiculously silly but the problem is that 1976 was such an outrageous experience it was so over the top that you really have got to go and read those press cuttings out now
0: i will yeah yeah i mean the the um the press cuttings are are really something else (laughs) Thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show and sharing your experience.
1: No, I enjoyed talking about it and I'll catch up with you soon. And All right then. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank thank you. Bye.